Welcome everybody to the Nuggets of Gold podcast and YouTube channel. Today, we're going to be going over the offensive X factors. And if you're listening on YouTube tomorrow, we're going to talk about the defensive guys. Then we're going to talk about Fred's contract because we were kind of on a hiatus for a while. Um, that'll be out the day after that. And then the day after that, we're going to kind of talk about Aaron Rodgers for a little bit. So today's episode, offensive X factors. Aiden, who is your offensive X factor going into training camp this season? Going into training camp, my offensive X factor is Alex Mack. Um, the Niners center position has been at best a little bit questionable. Um, and I think everybody would probably agree that Mack is an upgrade over Brunskill. Um, he is a little bit on the older side, but if he is able to revert to the last time he was with Kyle Shanahan, where he was arguably the the best center in, in the entire league, um, that's such a huge component to the Niners offense and the center has so much more responsibility than you would otherwise think. And say Trey Lance starts, you need this guy, you need the center to know what's going on, um, especially if, if you have a young and inexperienced quarterback back there. Um, so I think Alex Mack is going to be huge for the Niners in, in training camp um, and throughout the season. I like that pick a lot. Um, we've talked about you know how impactful the center position is in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, I mean, it gets talked about almost like it's more important than the tackle spots, which is really crazy when you think about it. Cause I mean, you're running a lot of outside zone. Um, and we've seen like what the Niners have done in the past too, is they get very, very fast players. And so sealing the edge is such a huge deal. Um, but I kind of wonder, like you look at offensive tackle and obviously that's such an important position for, for every team. But I wonder if the 49ers feel like that interior was such an important part that they just were lacking last year. And when they look at on outside, and of course they re-signed Trent Williams, so it's not like they're they're you know not like looking for you know top tier talent there. But they have George Kittle on the outside, and you can and they have Kyle Juszczyk like sealing the edge. They're going to be able to do it really well. But in in the interior, that's where you know they they lost some games um, just because of that solely because they couldn't you know dominate inside. And you bring in a veteran player like Alex Mack. He understands the system. Um, just wondering, Aiden, where do you kind of see his play level? Because I think I, I've heard like some people act like he is a star player still in today's game. I don't think he's there anymore. I think, you know, he's an above average player, but that's a drastic upgrade from what the 49ers were rolling out the last couple seasons. A um, lot of injuries in the inside. And you said, you know, Brunskill has been there, like a lot of guys going like, in and out of the lineup. Um, but do you see him as like, where do you see him in terms of his talent now? He's a guy who I think his most potent weapon is his mind. Um, he's a guy who has been around the league for a long time, knows the Shanahan system well. Um, I almost think that just as important as his play, and I touched on it a little bit, is going to be how much he's he's able to help Trey Lance and also Aaron Banks, um, a guy who's right next to him um, and who easily could be an X factor as as well. Um, but I I think that Alex Mack has a lot to give the the Niners in terms of his mind just as well as his play. He's probably not the player that, that he was in that first run with with Kyle, um, but he's he's still a guy who I think is above average um, and in the center position where you have to move. Um, I think he's a guy who can still get that done. Yeah, and you, you brought up Aaron Banks real quick, and we kind of had him as an honorable mention. Um, I'll get into my X Factor after this, but Aaron Banks – over he's taller than six foot five, a little bit over six foot five, um, over 330 pounds. Don't know what his weight will be going into camp, but that was at the combine or the combine time, I guess, since there was no combine this year. Um, but you look at him and it's 
He is extremely explosive. He's a huge guy. Um, but there are some questions about like how he can play in space, which was I, I was kind of shocked when they took him. Uh, but he is a guy, if he can come in, fill that right guard spot, same type of situation as Alex Mack. Like it's such an upgrade of who they had rolling out there last year. Um, these two guys on the interior could make a huge difference. And we've talked about it in the past on air and off air. I think this is the best 49ers offensive group that we've seen in quite some time. It's line. So where, yeah, do you think Aaron Banks is close to like the, the impact that Alex Mack will have? Yeah, I definitely think it's close. Um, like we mentioned, this center and in, in the right guard spot has been very inconsistent. Um, and it's a big reason why Mike, Mike McGlinchey was not awesome last year. Uh, I think Aaron Banks and Alex Mack are both super duper important for his development. Um, he's on his fifth year option right now. Um, or we just picked it up. Um, and it's, really interesting for his future going forward. He's a guy that I think is pretty manageable cap wise that you could bring back and as a starting caliber tackle. Um, but I think with a constant presence right next to him, he'll only improve. Um, and I think this whole 49ers offensive line is probably the best that we've seen in the Shanahan tenure, probably the best since those Harbaugh years. Um, and I don't think that they're going to get the credit that they're due throughout the season. Um, with how important the Niners running game is is going to be. They're going to be the guys creating holes for Sermon and Mostert and potentially Lance, uh, which is super exciting. But uh, like, like, like we mentioned earlier, um, this Niners team has a chance to lead the league in rushing and potentially break the rushing record um, with how much they, they like to run the ball. And this, this offensive line, I think, is geared to potentially do that. You got one of the best tackles. Uh, you got upgrades at center and, and right guard. Hopefully, Lakin Tomlinson is criminally underrated. Um, and I think that this whole group could be considered as an X factor, but with the addition of a guy like Alex Mack um, and the second round pick of a guy like Aaron Banks, who I think we've we've forgotten that he was their second round pick. The guy picked right after Trey Lance. Uh, they want him to play right away. And I think that he's going to be a definite upgrade. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how this group meshes early on and just how they look throughout the season. Um, my X factor, going to be Debo Samuel. Uh, and I don't think he's going to turn into the wide receiver one. I think Ayuk has clearly cemented that. He's not going to be second in targets either. You know, it's either going to be, it's going to be Ayuk and Kittle at the top, I, I think. And you're going to have him a couple notches down in terms of target and volume in the offense. But if he's on the field, if he's healthy, and if he's playing well, that can be huge. Just because of the mismatches he brings, um, you know, we've seen how dominant he is where he can, you know, like just basically beat anyone on a slant with his size, you know, his ability to do that. Um, and if he gets into the secondary, the, it's not like safeties have an easy time bringing him down. And I mean, he's he's thrown guys down like they're ragdolls multiple times in his early, early in his career. Big, big question for him is, of course, going to be health. Last year only started in five games. Rookie year, he only missed one game, but like he was he was good overall. But it's going to be very, very interesting to kind of see where he's at this year. Because if he's a guy that is just a threat with the football, even if he's only getting a handful of touches every game, that can be absolutely huge for this team. So he's my X factor if he's playing well, because he's not going to get a ton, you know, a ton of targets, like I said. And and he's going to be impactful in the run game. Um, but if you have him motioning, you know, back and forth and you have to, you know, be careful because you have you know, 
George Kittle, who's another nightmare for defenses. Um, and then Brandon Ayuk, who, if you guys haven't seen Brandon Ayuk's route tree last year, he basically is green in every single category. Like he's winning all across the board. So that can just bring something where it gets like, all right, what are we supposed to do? Cause this is a running offense that we can't stop at all. And then they have two dominant weapons. And then this third guy, if we overlook him, he can take to the house on any play like, and he can be used in so many different ways. So I think he's a, a, an offensive X factor. Um, and that's being the third option in the receiving game. Cause if he's really good, this like the sky's the limit for this offense, in my opinion. So that's why I'm taking Debo Samuel. I think that's a great choice. We saw how important the addition of, of Sanders was in, in 2019. And people forget that we started that season eight and oh, nine and oh, where Debo was probably the number one guy. Um, he last year, because of the limitations at quarterback and the poor offensive line play, he was doing a lot more gadget stuff. And that's what we saw in the Super Bowl. Um, I think he could be a consistent winner outside. Um, he hasn't had a chance to do that really since Sanders took over that, that number one role. Um, and he's obviously not going to be number one behind Ayuk and, and Kittle. He's, he's probably the third mouth to feed. Um, but I think he's a guy who can win a couple different ways. And during that, that Seattle game, um, in, in 2019, he was consistently beating albeit poor Seattle corners. Um, but he's he's a guy that I think is a receiver more than a gadget guy. He's been used as a gadget guy the last year and change. Um, but he's a guy who I think that's a great point. If, if he can win outside as well as do the gadget stuff, the sky is the absolute limit for this offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you're spot on there. Um, I think that'll probably do it for these X factors. I do want to bring up really quickly, I'm going to be doing a, a Trey Lance report for each practice. Um, I'm going to do it on TikTok. Uh, reluctantly, I am starting a TikTok, but I'm going to be doing it on TikTok, possibly doing it on YouTube shorts. Uh, this uh, this segment right here is going to come out on the first day of camp. So if you're checking this out, you like the content, make sure to go check out the TikTok and YouTube short stuff. I will link both of those in the description as well, but that's going to do it for this segment. All right. And then moving on to the defensive X factors. We're both going to be rocking with a couple defensive ends, pass rush types. Uh, And I think that just kind of shows the importance of finding that spot opposite Bosa. Um, Not talking about Eric Armstead, more talking about, you know, the third down role. But Aiden, do you want to talk about who's your defensive X factor heading into this year? My defensive X factor is a guy who did not play a snap last year and was injured the year before. But I'm going to go with D Ford. Um, opposite Bosa, you need somebody who can consistently win, especially on, on third down, uh, D four did that in a very limited capacity in 2019. Um, and I think he's healthier than, than, than the Niners have, have said, um, you're, you're kind of getting leaks that he looks really good in practice. You're expecting him to be a go for, for training camp which was definitely not a, a, a certainty going into the draft. Um, a lot of people wanted us to pick edge because they assumed that he was done. Uh, but he's a guy who, when, when we last saw him, we saw how important he was to that Niners defense. He's a guy who comes on, on, on third down and really just pushes people right into Bosa's lap or Bosa pushes people into his lap. Um, and he's a guy who wins with speed. Um, Obviously, he restructured his his deal, so he's not quite so expensive. But if you can get something out of him, uh, when a lot of Niners fans, and I bet a lot of people in that organization, uh, thought that they were going to get nothing for the rest of the deal, 
if if he can get back to 75% of what he was, that's just cake. Um, and with the, I guess, inexperience um, in the secondary, with the exception of Jimmy Ward, um, and really Tart, um, there's a lot of question marks back there. Um, and so if, if you can have a dominant pass rush, as we saw in, in 2019, um, that only, only makes their job easier. Um, and I think that your, your X factor has a very similar role, uh, to what I think D Ford could potentially bring. Yeah. And, and my guy is, is going to be Samson Ebukam. Uh, talked about, you know, the uncertainty around defensive end and, and now it looks a lot better with D Ford being, being there and, and apparently looking really good. That's what, I, that's what we've heard, uh, that's what a lot of the beat reporters have been writing. Um, but Samson Ebukam, he's brought in to potentially take over that role if if D Ford had to retire this offseason. And that wasn't the case. So you look at this team, you go, okay, well, now there's two guys outside of Eric Armstead. Um, I don't know where you're at on Eric, Aiden, but I would really like to see him inside more. If you can have him and Javon Kinlaw just dominating inside, that's huge because then you got both on the other side. Um, I think Ebukam will most likely if everything works out well, he will play more on base downs. Now, when he was signed, his workout measurables are insane. And so everyone just kind of assumed that he was this really bendy, really fast edge rusher. He was not that in Los Angeles. Um, and I think like I was surprised when I, when I went and watched him, I was like, Oh, this is not the guy that I, I kind of felt was advertised. Not a problem because he is a high motor guy plays very, very fast, very, very hard. He is always in that second wave of guys coming after the football, you know, say running back cuts back, gets away from a guy. He's out there drilling guys. He had a couple really big plays. Um, he actually, he forced a fumble in, in this year's uh, playoff game against the Seahawks. Uh, like he's a very, very good special teams player as well. So he's a really, really high motor guy, extremely physical in terms of like growing up. He doesn't have like the crazy football experience that a, a lot of NFL players have. Um, but this is a guy that really what it's going to come down to is one, his floor is really high. Cause you know what you're getting out of him. Like you've seen that on the Rams doesn't have crazy sack numbers. He had four and a half sacks in each of the last two years, um, kind of fell out of the rotation a little bit last season. But the thing is the 49ers are banking on Chris Kosarek to come out there and help him refine those pass rush moves. If that happens, he has a chance to be a really, really, really good player. Like he has a chance to where, and is, is D, I think I want to say D Ford is signed into next year too. Like they changed his deal up where it's two years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he has a chance to completely kind of take over, like for the most part, that other defensive end role. And that could be absolutely massive for this team. We saw, yeah, you brought up in 2019, that dominant defensive line was why the 49ers were such a good team on defense. Uh, there's some question marks in the secondary. Richard Sherman's gone, you know, oh, who's like, how is Ambry Thomas going to play out? Like, there's a lot of guys which is like, okay, we don't know. Jason Verrett's missed a lot of time. But the bottom line of the NFL is if you can get to the quarterback, the secondary becomes a lot less of an issue. So I really liked how they've, like, they've put a lot of uh, money, you know, a lot of money, a lot of resources into this defensive line and specifically into that opposite spot uh, across from Bosa. So if Ebu Khan can come out, if he can become a better pass rusher under Chris Kostrick, because we've seen a lot of guys do really, really well uh, being coached by him, it could be huge. So I think that he's a big X factor. Yes, you know that you're going to get a good player, but you have the chance to get, get potentially 
a very, very good pass rusher, which with his athleticism and his abilities. Uh, we also had a couple honorable mentions, Jimmy Ward, Ambry Thomas, two of the guys in the secondary. Aiden, do you want to get into them a little bit? Yeah, uh, I think that we mentioned it earlier, but outside of Verrett uh, and and obviously the, the the safeties, the whole defensive back room is relatively young and, and without tons of experience. If you have an injury to Verrett, corners are looking awfully thin, and it's probably Ambry Thomas sliding in there. Um, and obviously you don't want to plan for injuries, but um, that's something that could definitely happen. Verrett is a guy who's missed a lot of time. Um, so a lot of... I guess pressure is on Ambry Thomas's shoulders to be able to play right away. Um, he was our, was he a, a third round pick or fourth round pick? He, he was a relatively early pick. Um, so he's a guy that I think they want to play relatively soon. Um, makes uh, Verrett a little bit more expendable next off season. Cause it was a one year deal. Um, but I mean, the, the defensive line is so deep. It's deeper probably than 2019. Um, it's probably the deepest part on the entire roster uh, with guys like Mo Hurst, who was a starter for the Raiders, may not make the roster, um, which is super interesting to think about when the corners are relatively not as, as deep. Um, so it's important to be able to hit on that Thomas pick um, because he could play right away. Yeah, and the 49ers do have E-Man slated to be outside um, opposite Verrett, and then they brought K-1 back. But Ambry Thomas is that next guy up. And and he could potentially beat out E-Man because we've seen that, you know, E-Man and Akello would battle back and forth. Um, if Ambry Thomas is really good, like I said, like this is kind of this, it's like kind of the same thing for Ebukam. If he's really good, then that's something that you can, you know, bank on, like having him as potentially becoming that number one corner. And I don't know if he will, like, we're going to have to see how he develops. He hasn't played, he didn't play last year. Um, but when he's played in the past on Michigan, he was just a very, very tenacious corner, get up in your face, you know, press man. Like he, he has the chance to, to do what the 49ers want to do at that corner spot. Like he's a, I love the fit. I thought that was the coolest, like one of the coolest picks in terms of the fit. Um, of course, I love the Trey Lance pick as well, but and I like the Trey Sermon pick a lot too. He really fits the, the way the offense works. But Ambry Thomas, just that that mindset, that tenacity that he brings to the defense is going to be something special, I think. Um, and the reports on him early have been – he's probably got the most positive reports out of all of the rookies, um, which is, this is a really big rookie class and a really talented rookie class. So that's saying a lot in my opinion. We'll see once the pads hit, put up, get put on this training camp. Uh, like, you know, how he's looking, but I would expect that we're going to see a lot of very positive reports from Ambry Thomas. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts a lot of games this year. Uh, and that's not even in case of injury. Like, yes, injuries are going to happen in football. There's a good chance that, you know, there's going to be a couple guys that are in and out of the lineup uh, and, you know, corners about a little ankle injuries and stuff all the time. So we could see him, you know, have a couple spot starts, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he potentially takes over Emmanuel Mosley's spot. And that's saying a lot too, because they just extended Emmanuel Mosley. So that could be something where if he's starting week one over Emmanuel Mosley, that means that he has been amazing in practice. And that's a, a guy that we, that, I mean, for me, if I'm looking on the defensive side, like, of course, I'm going to be really excited to, to watch Nick Bosa. But if he's starting week one, that's probably the guy I got my eye on second most out of, outside of Nick Bosa. So really, really excited to see him out there. Um, and, and I just love the mindset that he brings to this team. Uh, also, Jimmy Ward. We brought put Jimmy Ward on there just because he has been so important to this defense. Really doesn't get appreciated like he should. 
Um, so got to, you know, give Jimmy Ward some love as well, but anything else you want, you want to bring up Aiden before we kind of take off out of, out of this segment? Uh, really just excited to watch this defensive line play. Uh, we saw how important it was to the Niners in 2019. And I think this group is deeper. Uh, maybe you're obviously going to lose Defoe. Uh, so you're, you're losing a little bit of star power, but I think that this is potentially the deepest group in the entire NFL um and so excited to watch Bosa play again he's a guy that I really missed watching last year and I think people have have forgotten just how good um he is when he's on the field yeah absolutely um and anyone listening make sure to comment who who your guys defensive x factors are and if you didn't check out the video yesterday um we talked about the offensive x factors so make sure to check that out but that's gonna do it for this segment all right and then getting into Fred Warner we didn't have a chance to react after the deal um, I, and also right before we went on our little hiatus, I had kind of, we both kind of gave our offers for what we thought Fred was going to get. Um, I thought the AAV was going to be like over 18, not quite 19. Um, turns out he gets 19 million a year, but it's only five years. I thought it was gonna be a six year deal. So it was pretty, pretty close, um, in terms of that, but Fred Warner, five years, $95 million and only 40 and a half guaranteed. That was really surprising to me. I thought he was going to get like 60 million guaranteed. So did not get as much guaranteed as I thought. Um, in 2022, he's, or is it in 2021 that he has an 8 million cap hit, Aiden? Yeah. So what was this your overall thoughts on this deal then? And if you wanted to get into some of the specifics of things that you think that need to be highlighted, uh, get into it, man. I think the biggest thing to consider is this is basically a three-year extension. Um, it's not a deal that, that that gets done super often. Uh, Parag almost made this like a team option where you can buy back the, the, the last two years. So Fred is, I think he just turned 25. Um, so this five-year deal, at, at the conclusion, he, he would be 30. Um, I don't expect him to finish and play out this exact deal. I think if he continues at, at his pace, and I think he's, he's already the best linebacker um, in, in football, in my biased opinion. Um, but if he stays healthy and, and continues on the pace, I think he'll come into his age 28, 29 season in 2024, 2025. Um, and he'll, he'll get another huge deal after this, this TV money comes in. Um, so I think it was a smart deal for him. It creates some flexibility for the 49ers in the short term. Um, and I think that the biggest thing for them is seeing how much Lance is going to eventually cost because we both think that he's going to be really good. Um, and after this, this TV money comes in. I don't think it's outlandish to say that Lance will get forty-five to fifty million, and that will be the going rate for the quarterback. Um, Lamar is going to get near that. Mahomes already has that. Um, so I think that that will be the going rate in two, three years. Um, so super interesting and pretty team friendly in the short term, but. I can 100% see Fred um, in 2024, 2025 being like, okay, let's go back to the table, create another short-term flexibility. Maybe that's when you want to sign Lance. Um, but he's a guy that I think wants to be a, a, a 49er for the rest of his career. Um, and he's a guy that said um, after the end of the season last year that this is the only losing season that he's going to be a part of. Um, so he's a guy that I'd love to hear that from. Um and I think that he's going to be the leader of this defense for hopefully the next 10 years, but at least the next, I would say, three to four. Yeah, I completely agree. 
Uh, last season, we saw 49ers defense that was, you know, ravaged by injuries. And Fred was that was really one of the only consistent guys there. And they still finished as a top five defense in the league, which was absolutely remarkable when you consider all that they had to kind of withstand that year. Um, and I'll get into the, the cap. It's really quick. 2021, 8.1 million. 2022, uh, 18 and a half. 2024, 20, 22.1. Uh, sorry, that was 2023. Uh, 2024 is 24 and a half. And then 2025 is about 22 million. Uh, and there is an opt out for the last two years. Uh, and Aiden and our notes, you wrote another big deal at 30. Uh, and you, and you were basically saying right now that, you know, that could potentially be at 28 years old. I fully expect that from this deal. Uh, a lot of times guys will sign deals and you don't think they're going to play them out. I think Fred's going to re up on his deal, which is going to be sweet. Um, also really interesting. Usually the 49ers really either front load contracts or back load contracts. They didn't really do that. It, it kind of like goes up and then goes down a little bit, but you brought up Trey Lance, you know, and that's the, the quarterback room. Of course, he, we still got to wait to see him on the field. But if everything pans out, I think you're right with where his deal would be about 20, uh, about 45 to $50 million a year. Um, so that's that's definitely huge on that on that front. And what I would kind of expect could happen um, as long as Fred stays healthy, keeps playing the way he is, which I, I fully expect him to. I would expect that there's a re-up deal where it's really front loaded next time. And then they kind of, you know, slow down the contract because, I mean, everything points to that Fred wants to be a 49er for life and that the 49ers want Fred Warner to be a 49er for life as well. So really, really big year. Uh, we were vegging Fred, so really happy to see that. Um, but I think that'll kind of for this segment. Um, let's get into our final topic of, of this episode. Aaron Rodgers is turning. Him and Adams, uh, they posted their, they're doing their last dance. Uh, and I, I think this is it's very, very impactful to the whole FC um, and for the 49ers, I mean, it, it's going to matter a lot because I think the 49ers are contenders this year. I know a lot of 49ers believe that, but many people like just general NFL fans and, and more casual football fans don't really realize that when you look at the record last season and don't really account for not only that they, they weren't playing with their starting quarterback for most of the year, but also that they had massive injuries all across the board. Like even if they had Nick Mullen starting, and they had Nick Bosa, they, they could have made the playoffs last year. Like, they weren't that far out. Um, you saw them kind of spoil the Cardinals season late in the year just because their defense was so good. They were able to run the football. This is a team that is very, very dangerous. Um, I said it in this earlier this week in this offensive, uh, offensive X Factor segment that these are this offense is probably the best offense that the 49ers have had under Kyle Shanahan. The offensive line is stacked. Um, and they're ready to go. But but how does Aaron Rodgers impact this team? Because I think what it does is it creates four contenders in the NFC. But what are your opinions on, on Aaron Rodgers turning, returning and how that impacts the 49ers? Uh, I think it's huge for the 49ers this year, but it's even bigger going forward. Uh, out of those four contenders, two of them are the Bucs and, and the Packers. Brady, as it feels weird to say this, but may in the next two to three years retire. I don't know. Uh, he keeps chugging along and winning Super Bowls, but I think people expect the Bucks are not going to have, have Brady on their roster for the, the long term. And once he's gone, they have major questions at, at, at quarterback. Um, the Packers, I would say, aren't going to have Rodgers next year. And a lot of those suitors are in the AFC. Uh, the Broncos, the Raiders, 
Um, that's fine with me. Get him out of the NFC. Uh, so it really primes the 49ers to own this NFC for the next short stint. Um, if, if Lance pans out for even longer, um, I'm not afraid of anybody in this NFC past the Bucks, Packers. Saints have some major questions. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not – maybe the Bears defense, um, but – I think the Vikings are pretty good too. Yeah, but you got Kirk Cousins. I'm not scared of Kirk Cousins in 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 prime time. Um, so it's super exciting. Maybe Jordan Love is super good and nobody believes it, but um, I think it's huge for the Niners going forward. Um, given that I think that they're they're the team best positioned to take advantage in the NFC uh, for the next considerable future. Yeah, no, I I think that you know it looks like the NFC is kind of and the NFC is really good right now, but it might fall off a little bit. Um, there's a couple teams that I like moving forward. The Bears obviously could be one after drafting Justin Fields. I'm also I'm also really high on the Panthers. Um, I think I think Sam Donald's going to have a resurgence this year. And a lot of people will look at him and go, "What do you mean he's the worst quarterback in the league?" Adam Gase is now coaching in high school football. He didn't even get demoted to to college ball. He is a high school offensive coordinator. So that I mean, talk about falling off a cliff right there. I mean, look look what Sam Donald's had to work with. So I think that's a team I'm really excited for. But in terms of contenders this year. I truthfully think there's four teams. Uh, I, I'm sure that you know Seahawks fans would would like to see their team there. I don't think they're there now. Are they going to make the playoffs? Probably, but we've just seen that this roster isn't strong enough to win in big moments. So my four contenders would be the 49ers. Yes, they we've seen they've been very volatile in the past, but the talent is absolutely there. I think they have the second most talented roster in the NFC. I think the Bucks are a little bit more talented than them. Uh, and then I think the Rams are also another team that is really, really talented. And you go from an upgrade, like, yes, okay, yes, they have a lot of question marks. Yes, Cam Akers was hurt. But we're talking about an, a quarterback upgrade from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. That is the biggest quarterback jump in the whole NFL in this last offseason. So you, and, and they made the playoffs last year, and they won a playoff game. So you, you got to take them seriously. Um, Sean McVay, great coach. Uh, and so I think those three teams – and the Packers are now those contenders in the NFC. And by contender, I mean Super Bowl contender. I don't mean playoff contender. I mean, two-thirds of the NFC is playoff contenders. Almost every team in the NFL is a playoff contender. But you really got to have that top-end roster, in my opinion, to win it. And, you know, sometimes sometimes teams will scrape in as wild cards, and they might not be viewed as a top-end roster. Uh, but, you know, and, and I think the one that most people look at is, like, the New York Giants when they scraped in a couple times. But the difference is they had an elite defensive line. So you have those elite position groups that win you games in the playoffs. That's how you get it done. Got to be able to run the football. Got to be able to do a couple things. But I, I really like the, that the 49ers, yes, there's four contenders. But I do think that they – I do think they're still a little bit better than the Packers right now. So that, that's what on. If you want to add this, you know, now there's four contenders. Aaron Rodgers returning. Uh, only have one thing to add in the words of Juju. The Rams is the Rams. Stafford is old. I'm not afraid of the Rams. Um, and excited to see the Niners own this division for the next five years. Really excited as well. Uh, and any Packers fans listening, pretty sweet that you guys got one more run with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I do think that's a big deal um, for the Niners, though. We've seen how they've played the Packers when they've been healthy in the past, and, and hopefully that repeats itself. Um, but let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you think, you know, are, am I underrating the Packers? Am I underrating one of these teams that could potentially be contenders? I, I would love to hear, but that's going to do it for this segment.